0: Good morning, Wisconsin, and welcome to another episode of the Battleground Wisconsin podcast. I am Jorna Taylor in my last week as the hostess with the mostest until Matt Brusky returns, and we have an exciting jam-packed show for you today. We are joined here in the Citizen Action Studio with Citizen Action Executive Director Robert Craig. Good morning, Robert. Good morning, Jorna and later on in our show we will be joined by Matt Rothschild who is the executive director of the Wisconsin Democracy Campaign and he's going to talk to us a little bit about the changes with the elections and ethics board and what you can potentially hopefully expect when you interact with these agencies this fall we'll hear more from Matt then uh, but we're also going to we're going to talk some presidential politics uh, we're going to talk about some of our favorite state agencies like our good friends at WEDAC, and we're going to let you know what we're doing this weekend, because we're pretty exciting people, if you haven't noticed by now. But let's kick this off with one of our favorite people uh, here on the Battleground Wisconsin podcast, and that is his orangeness, Mr. Donald Trump.
1: Oh, I thought you were
0: going to say Brian. Oh, Brian Wooldridge is one of my favorites. So the Republican National Convention kicks off next week. I know that every listener will be glued to their TV. I'm not sure how much I'll actually pay attention to it but uh you know right now the republicans are in a waiting game because the veep stakes is on the real donald trump the real orangeness has tweeted that he will announce who his pick for vice president is tomorrow so friday morning since we record on thursdays at uh, 11 a.m eastern so you all may be listening to this afterward but we're gonna make our predictions now So far, we've got four in the running that that I have read about. Um, Mike Pence, the governor of Indiana, has been getting some serious face time. Former Speaker Newt Gingrich has also somehow arisen from the dead to be part of this mix, (laughs) making some good contracts with his orangeness. Uh, Alabama Senator Jeff Sessions, and probably my pick for Veep, because he deserves it the most, because he's been held hostage by this campaign the most, New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. Robert, what do you think?
1: Well, you're asking me to put my myself in his orangeness as shoes, which is a hard thing to They're really to do. expensive,
0: I bet. I bet
1: they are. I bet they're made in China. <laughs> anyway, as all the Trump products are, apparently. Um, so I believe that uh, Mr. Trump's heart is with Gingrich, but his mm. head is with Spence, mm. and so the question is: Do you think he'll go with harder head? I was going to guess Spence because it's the more rational choice, but you know, just uh, is kind of a heart kind of led guy. So <laughs> I'm going to change my mind, and I'm going to I'm going to put put my chips down on 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 Newt. A big return for Newt to national prominence, and a, and a great guru with great plans for a future. Well, he thinks they're great anyway. Uh, And that will be something else.
0: That would be a lot of making America great again and contracts and holy cow. So, all right. So, so you're going with, with Newt, um, Look, I got to hold out hope. I, I, I personally, I think it will be Pence, because he's really you been... Yeah, I said
1: Spence. I think. Pence. Yes. Pence. Mike Pence. Who is this the Koch brother creation, by the way, in an empty suit? But yeah, ahead.
0: absolutely. Well, you know, he's from Indiana. It's a good Midwestern...
1: Brian's from Indiana. I
0: so. Not saying anything, bad. I'm sure he'll deliver in Indiana for him. He wasn't going to happen. Brian is predicting that, you know, Pence would deliver Indiana for Trump. Uh He's been looking at the polling down there, I can see. But, I mean, come on. Chris Christie, he just, he deserves it. He really, really deserves it. He's worked so hard. He's groveled
1: so much. He has
0: gotten him lattes and, you know, taken his clothes to the dry cleaners. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh... So the beepstakes will be interesting. He
1: he needs knee pads. He's been bending down so much. Oh,
0: man. You know, um, the good news is from this lineup, though, it looks like the Republican ticket will once again be two white men. Here's my shocked face. You can't see it on the radio, but, you know, it's it's the same. So uh, everybody, you know, tune in.
1: Don't they have someone? Don't they have... uh a woman they keep listing on their list so that they can say they have a woman they're considering. I've forgotten who it is. It's not Carly. I know that they
0: probably have binders of women somewhere.
1: <laughs> they probably went over to, to, to MIT to get those binders. Yeah.
0: Well, um, so speaking of Trump and the convention, uh, I was reading actually this morning, a story in Huffington post. I know liberal rag, not a credible news source, but Huffington post went through the Trump website and it they called every single Trump office, and I, I put air quotes around office in all of the states, and lo and behold, they found that there really are only four or five offices around the country uh, that where Trump has even a iota of organization, and even those folks said, oh, uh, we're going to be opening up a new office after the convention. Uh, right now, this is kind of just a phone number. You know, it looks like the, the Trump is just an empty suit, (laughs) as it may be, of organization around the country. What do you think that's gonna spell out for his campaign, Robert?
1: Well, this actually helps achieve a long wish of mine. I've always wondered how effective all this organization is, given the percentage of voters that are voting anyway and the percentage of voters that have decided anyway, and whether these organizations actually reach swing voters or drop off voters, which are the two groups you would try to reach. So I guess we may have an empirical test now as to whether we even need all of this organization. Now, I would hate to reduce employment for young young folks trying to move up in the political professions, but it's going to be interesting to see whether a completely media strategy on, on the part of his orangeness uh, can work, even if he does go into organization now. It'll be much later and less, and much and not nearly as deep. And we know Hillary, being an A plus student of American politics, will have an A plus organization.
0: Absolutely, she will. Uh, so. The uh, Republican committee also released the speakers list this week of who's going to be speaking at convention. And a lot of the folks on there, I'm sure, will be more than happy to go to these office openings across the 50 states for his orangeness to cut ribbons and, you know, be racist. I don't know. Uh, But from Wisconsin, we actually have quite the illustrious cast heading out to Cleveland, Ohio, to speak, including, of course, House Speaker Paul Ryan, one of our favorites, um... Congressman Sean Duffy, another one of our favorites that we haven't talked a lot about, but I have a feeling we're going to start soon. Of course, everybody's favorite Wisconsin governor, Scott Walker. And rounding out this illustrious list of Wisconsin uh, prominent politicians is none other than Sheriff David Clark.
1: Who always runs as a Democrat. Right. Allegedly. Allegedly. And has had his cowboy head-on saying outrageous things on Fox News lately. Uh, so, yes, he's an embarrassment to the Milwaukee area. So it's going to be great. Jorna, you're going to get your popcorn out oh, and be absolutely. watching all these speeches?
0: Absolutely. I'll just be there for the comments. <laughs> um, so, so Rob Robert, we were talking a little bit before the show about Paul Ryan because we like to talk about Paul Ryan. And it'll be interesting to see how he sort of tries to... M- take his his unifying, his unity plan to convention in contrast with his Orangeness's um, screw them all sort of plan. And you had some interesting thoughts about the poverty um, plan that Brian has just released.
1: Well, I've been reading, which I recommend to the re- listeners, Jane Meyer's excellent book, Dark Money, which is really all about the whole history of the Koch and the right-wing billionaire conspiracy even more broadly than the Kochs. And apparently their read after the disastrous 2012 election where they wasted billions of dollars and didn't win the election uh, was is that they were losing the middle third of the election, assuming a third is conservative and a third is liberal or collectivist, as they call it, using John Birch society language, was that the middle third thought they were heartless and thought that we should actually not just ha- let homeless people starve, et cetera, et cetera, and that they needed to show that they cared and to seem a little less ruthless and brutal and and certainly less greedy. And so what better than a poverty plan that that claims it's going to reduce poverty but is just a bunch of warmed over right wing uh, think tank products that will actually dramatically increase poverty in our country, especially if you stop doing everything we're we're already doing and we implemented over the last 50 years. So just remember that when you think about this, there's a reason that they're trying to take on liberal policy at least topic areas like We Care About Poverty, it's because it's part of their whole read on, on why they're losing and how they can make sure they take over the country with their money.
0: Are you trying to claim that this is not a plan actually based out of compassion for people, for working people?
1: you couldn't write such a plan and have compassion for people who are actually poor, in oh, my opinion. Oh, Robert. And, you couldn't, and what happens is you have to compare the Ryan poverty plan, which is uh, strategically ambiguous in a lot of ways, and the budget, which does not add any money for all these alleged things he'd like to do, but directly cuts all the things we're doing, like to feed people, clothe people, well, give them affordable well, housing, well, Why
0: are you trying to confuse a Talking Points document with an actual budget that runs the country?
1: Well, I'm saying that Mr. Ryan also uh, has been introducing our budgets, uh-huh. which do not fund well, anything that would actually reduce poverty. Those but are two separate things. would dramatically increase poverty, right? So, but just bear that in mind, and we'll be talking more about poverty as we move forward, but bear in mind that the Koch brothers want you to believe that they, they care.
0: Yes, they care. They care about you and me, Robert. Uh, let's let's turn to a more enlightening and exciting topic, uh, group of people and that's the Democrats, yay! So this week more uh, exciting news coming out. Um, Bernie Sanders has officially endorsed Hillary Clinton and the internet explodes. They were in Portsmouth, New Hampshire which is a lovely place to visit having spent the 2008 presidential primary up there. Um, And Bernie specifically said, and I quote, I have come here to make it as clear as possible why I am endorsing Hillary Clinton and why she must be our next president. Um, So, Robert, you were down in Orlando for the Platform Committee over the past week, and I would assume that a lot of the work that got done there really led to this endorsement by Senator Sanders.
1: Well it is an extremely progressive platform there were some contentious debates there's still a disagreement on tpp and i put that on social media i got quoted in national media on that asking if since no one gave any speeches the whole time in favor of tpp why are we still can bring ourselves to be opposed to it and that scares me about a lame duck session vote on tpp uh, after the presidential election uh, i think that's the major outstanding issue there were uh... Th- there are a couple uh, other ones but in general there is. An, this is an amazing platform. It's an amazing platform on healthcare. In fact, I even got an amendment in that uh, makes it possible for states to do Medicare for all or single payer. It allows people to buy into Medicare when they're 55. It goes after prescription drug costs. Um, it it actually covers immigrants, which were excluded from the Affordable Care Act. So, and there's a $15 minimum wage. There's a, a new Glass-Steagall, uh, breaking up big banks, uh, ending the death penalty, legalizing marijuana. I could go. On and on oh, and on. Robert!
0: I know you are all about legalizing marijuana. Oh, and
1: on on climate change, uh, actually pricing carbon based on its actual impact, which is a which is something that was resisted in the draft in the drafting process originally, but now is in this platform. So this platform, and there was a lot of compromise back and forth. Is is it's the most progressive democratic party platform ever i think uh the only platform in american history that might be more progressive is the 1912 bull moose platform with that not and that's the party that the, the short love party that that nominated former president theodore roosevelt in 1912
0: robert most people don't know things like this mm-hmm. <laughs> this is your arcane well, bit of wisdom i can tell you when i when day. i
1: said afterwards to bernie's policy director uh, Uh, warned Gunrolls that that I wasn't sure it was more progressive than the Bull Moose platform. He goes, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the most progressive Democratic platform ever. So they were aware of the Bull Moose platform.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Good (laughs) Lord. Um, Well, it sounds like you had a good time and that you enjoyed the work and that we got something out of it that is a good... Quality stance for Democrats across the country to use and to run on in a progressive agenda that will actually help working people and poor people across the country.
1: Yeah, and there were some contentious issues, and there's still maybe contention at the convention, and some of the a lot of the Bernie folks that were in the public audience were were quite riled up. So there's there, and we didn't get everything exactly we wanted, but there was tremendous movement from Hillary's side, and. uh, on, a, on on most of the major issues other than TPP which is confounding to me still I have to admit and I think there should be, I hope there's a deal around TPP because it's we're gonna have, it, it's our understanding and uh Benjamin jealous and um, uh, Jim Hightower said this during the debate because they had different amendments apparently the Republican party platform is going to be anti-TPP and anti-lame duck session vote so it would be very disadvantageous for the Democrats, especially industrial states like Wisconsin, to be on the wrong side of TPP. But leaving that aside, which is a big deal politically and in terms of the future of the middle class in the United States, uh, this platform uh, is tremendous in a lot of ways. It has free college tuition, by the way, for public schools, I should have mentioned, for every family that makes 125000 and under. So. This is a, a very promising platform, and it's something I think, this is the important thing, particularly if we fix TPP, that can draw in all the young voters, all the enthusiastic, idealistic voters that were attracted to Bernie Sanders and brought into American politics in the primary process by him. And I think Hillary obviously needs that uh, in the general against his orangeness.
0: Well, Robert, as we all know, the Democratic Party is a big tent party. It's a big tent party without any walls on the sides, and sometimes we throw rocks from within... The tent and sometimes we stand outside of it and we throw rocks at each other there too uh, but it sounds like we're on at least a right path so thank you for your work down there So, we're going to switch from national politics for a moment to some state based politics. As our listeners know, there have been a lot of changes recently with the uh, Government Accountability Board changing into the State Elections Board and some changes with our ethics. Oh, I mean, the ethics board here in Wisconsin. Uh, And we are very glad today to have Matt Rothschild from the Wisconsin Democracy Campaign, who's been tracking these changes and trying to make sure that wisconsinites uh are on the on the good side of these changes uh for years now so um welcome matt thank you for joining us today
2: hey my pleasure great to be with you and robert
0: so matt tell us a little bit what's happened they got rid of the gab we've had some changes with the ethics board what what's going on and what can wisconsinites expect
2: well it's really a backward step, unfortunately. So at the end of June, the Government Accountability Board went out of existence, and it went out of existence because the Republicans uh, in power, especially Speaker Voss and Senate Majority Fitzgerald and Walker, hated the Government Accountability Board because it had the audacity actually to do its job and try to enforce campaign finance laws that Walker allegedly was violating when he was allegedly coordinating with outside groups during the recalls. So they got really ticked off about that and decided to wage uh, a vendetta against the Government Accountability Board, a McCarthyite attack on its leader, Kevin Kennedy. And they also slandered the judges, the the nonpartisan judges who were the directors of the Government Accountability Board. So that whole thing was outrageous and very political. And what they've done instead is to go back, in a sense, to the setup that we had before the Government Accountability Board where you had a partisan ethics board and a partisan elections board. And the problem with that set up before was that both sides basically winked at each other and let each party go ahead and do the under-the-table things that they were doing. And this led to the caucus scandal of 2001, where uh, the leaders of the Democratic Party and the, state, uh, assemb- uh, and the State Senate and the leader of the Republican Party in the State Assembly Scott Jensen, uh, we're both convicted of violating the law. And I'm afraid that we're going to have a similar situation here as we go forward.
0: So what you're trying to tell me is that we're moving to some sort of weird Chicago-style politics where uh, there'll be no accountability and no clarity on, with our elections in this way. So if you, if you have a complaint, eh, it'll be up to a partisan board
2: yeah and you know i'm from the chicago area and when <laughs> i came to wisconsin about 35 years ago i couldn't believe how how clean things were here and now we are getting close to chicago politics so that's kind of sad uh, so the the uh, setup of the uh, the elections board and the ethics board they're going to be there are now three republicans and three democrats on each of those boards and they are very partisan people um Katie McCallum, for instance, who's the daughter-in-law of former Governor Scott McCallum and a former spokeswoman of the state Republican Party, is on the Ethics Commission. Uh, Peg Lautenschlager, who I actually like a lot, former Democratic AG, is also on the Ethics Commission and is chairing it because they had a lottery pick among their members. Uh, one of the most outrageous appointees was uh, Steve King to the Wisconsin Elections Board. He was appointed by Voss. Now, King former head of the Republican Party of Wisconsin, has contributed almost $35,000 to Republican legislative uh, candidates. And even uh, more um, disqualifying, he ran one of these dark money groups back in uh, the mid-2000s, one of these dark money groups called Coalition for America's Families. And they raised about a million dollars to support uh, the Republicans uh, in races. And even worse, they uh, were behind the amendment to ban gay marriage. And they weren't telling us where their money was coming or coming from or anything. Uh, and he also, Stephen King, uh, Steve King ran ads uh, against Supreme Court Justice Lewis Butler, which were so bad, so egregious, that even the person he was supporting. Uh, Justice Gableman asked them to stop running those ads. So uh, why Steve King is any, anywhere near uh, Wisconsin Elections Board is just beyond me.
1: Matt, thanks for joining us. This is Robert. I'm wondering if, and you're, you're a longtime observer of these things, do you think there is any uh, weight to the argument that election commissions are partisan anyway and therefore we should just admit that and have uh, clear partisans on it? Uh, what is your reaction to that kind that kind of position?
2: Well, I thought that was a false argument. It was an argument we heard a lot from Speaker Boss and from Walker and from Fitzgerald. Actually, the Government Accountability Board was about as nonpartisan a board as you're going to find, especially with those judges who were overseeing the board. And actually, some of the judges that they were criticizing so badly were were former Republican Party uh, officials, but they had been judges for a long, long time, had distinguished careers. And had acted, you know, kind of above the political fray and took their responsibilities very seriously when they were on the on the Government Accountability Board. And here what we have now is people who are just real uh, explicit partisans who've given uh, tens of thousands, in one case more than $100,000 to candidates from one party. And uh, some are, are, you know, former legislators. And it's just, it's... It's so different now. This is so much more partisan than even the allegations of the partisanship of the Government Accountability Board. Uh, this is just blatant partisanship, and it's a 3-3 three, three tie either way. And so it seems very unlikely that there's going to be any, any actions brought, because the, if it's uh, an allegation against the Democrats, the Democrats are going to say forget about it. And if it's an allegation against the Republicans, the Republicans of the board are going to say, you know, go jump in the lake.
0: So, Matt, you mentioned that there's this, you've mentioned there's this extreme partisanship. Um, You know, my concern, frankly, is that. I know some of the Democrats on these boards. Obviously, I have much respect for Peg Lautenschlager, and I think she's a fair and judicious uh, woman and litigator. Um, I'm also a huge fan of Ann Jacobs, who is on the elections board as one of the Democratic appointees, who has been working for years and years on nonpartisan election protection. You know, my fear is that these these Democratic appointees um, and these women are going to always be trying to do the right thing of course they will, and they're just going to want to bang their heads against a wall because it's going to be such a toxic environment for them to do real good work that would help people access our democracy and keep, you know, dark money and bad things out of politics.
2: You know, it's funny you mentioned that, Jorna, because uh, I was at a, a gathering where Peg Lautenschlager's name came up in her appointment to the Ethics Commission, and I leaned over next to the person who is sitting right beside me and said, you know, I wouldn't have taken that job for a million (laughs) dollars because uh, I do think they're going to be stymied. Uh, They're going to be stymied by the partisanship. Um, They're going to be, uh, you know, left in a situation where, you know, if they think maybe a Democrat has done something wrong according to an allegation, part of them is going to say, you know, this just isn't right and we should investigate it. But the other part of them is going to say, well, the Republicans on this committee, when we had a similar thing that came before it and it was a Republican alleging, to have done it, you know the Republicans just completely locked any investigation. So, uh, you know it—it's a uh, heads I win, you know—I mean heads I lose, tails I lose situation for I think people with with uh, real conscious consciences on this, like uh, Ann Jacobs, who I who I also respect a lot too. Yeah, and,
1: and of course Mark Thompson is the, is yeah. the is our board chair for our C4, and he is on the election commission as well. So, I think our side has been appointing people who can uh, do battle, so to speak, experienced trial lawyers, right Matt uh,
2: Yeah, I think that's, that was behind the decision by the people who appointed them, like Assembly Minority Leader Peter Barker. you know, get some heavy hitters in here who can stand their ground, but um, you know, Mark Thompson also had contributed a hundred thousand dollars to Democrats, so it just, it just shows that this is a completely different kind of partisanship than what was on the Government Accountability Board, where you weren't allowed to contribute or have contr- recent contributions, anyway, to political candidates.
1: And does this come down, uh, Matt, to uh, the fact that modern conservatism, at least uh, you know, Koch brother-fueled conservatism, doesn't have a good government movement at all. That they're perfectly fine with if they have power, they should be able to manipulate elections, essentially, and that this whole idea that we were going to have common ground on the procedures, on the rules of the game, which seemed plausible in the 1970s and 80s, seems to have gone by the wayside completely.
2: Yeah, I mean, even as recently as, you know, 2005, 2006 in Wisconsin after the caucus scandal, people realized across party lines. Uh, with Mike Ellis, the, uh, the Republican state senator, leading this uh, across-the-aisle move, that we needed to set up a nonpartisan board to cover both ethics and elections. But now with this Walker crowd, which is a different crowd than, than Mike Ellis or Dale Schultz or Tommy Thompson, they're, they're uh, far more uh, ideological, and they're far more partisan, and it's all about power. Uh, and it's not about Wisconsin. That's the weird thing about this Walker wrecking crew. They don't really care about Wisconsin. I mean, Tommy Thompson, I never loved Tommy Thompson, but he was a cheerleader for, for Wisconsin. And these guys are just destroying everything in Wisconsin to, uh, to do what? To get more power for themselves and to reward the Koch brothers toward uh, Wisconsin manufacturers and